Hello everyone, this is the Rosewood Weekly Podcast. This is Pastor Andy, and we are on week three of our four-week sermon series titled, What We Believe. Now, over the course of this sermon series, we have been exploring uh, some of the foundational doctrines of the church. And we started with a message on God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, followed it up with a message on the Holy Bible. You can go back in previous episodes and listen to both of those. But now we're going to turn our attention to the church and the sacraments. Now, I'm excited for this message because I believe that in the United States, we are experiencing a crisis of sorts with regard to the way we look at the church. Remember that uh, next week we're going to finish this sermon series with a message about uh, sin and salvation, and then we're going to jump into our spring quarter theme, Spending Time with God. We have a lot of exciting topic areas to get into over the course of, of, uh, of the spring quarter leading up into Easter, and we'll glad be glad to have you as a part of that. Um, so as we have the past two weeks done, let's look again at our Confessions of Faith, and we're going to be at Article 5, and it describes what we believe about the church. We believe the Christian church is the community of all true believers under the Lordship of Christ. We believe it is one, holy, apostolic, and Catholic. It is the redemptive fellowship in which the word of God is preached by men divinely called and the sacraments are duly administered according to Christ's own appointment. Under the discipline of the Holy Spirit, the church exists for the maintenance of worship, the edification of believers, and the redemption of the world. So please notice that in order of these confessions, we see God the Father, Jesus the Holy Spirit, so talking about the Trinity, we see the Holy Bible, Right after that is the church. The church is critical to Christianity. It is critical to the Christianity that is given to us in Scripture. On Sunday, we read from Acts chapter 2, and we were in verses 37 through 47. And and if you go read that, you'll see um, the, the creation of the church on that day of Pentecost. The passage makes it clear that these people came into community with one another immediately. They worshiped together. They ate together. They sold their possessions to help one another in their times of need. To put it plainly, they lived life together. From day one, this was the defining characteristic of what it meant to be a Christian. We recognize this in our confession by saying that the church is first and foremost a community of all true believers under the lordship of Christ. And we follow it up with four characteristics. The first is that the church is one. We who are believers in Christ and we are under his lordship, we are all part of the same church. Denominations come and go. But the tie that binds us all together is the true belief in Christ as defined in Scripture and the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. 
we are a community with we are a community within the church but we are part of the the same one church with believers everywhere next the church is holy we believe that the church is unlike other institutions on earth it was established by jesus christ and is led not by people but by the power of the holy spirit its purpose is to create and grow disciples of Christ to the very ends of the earth. Its work is accomplished through the faithful efforts of its members, but its success and glory belong to God alone. Next, the church is apostolic. That is, we can trace our roots within the church back to the original apostles who were the founders of the Christian church. We're not a reboot. We are the inheritors of a 2,000-year-old legacy that traces all the way back to this passage in Acts that we read in chapter 2. Um, all churches throughout the world that hold to the lordship of Jesus Christ are part of this lineage. And finally, the church is Catholic. That's a small c, Catholic. When we say Catholic, we don't mean Roman Catholic. We mean that the church is universal. That is, the church is for all creation. There does not need to be another church. We are part of the same church with the Nazarene denomination, with Baptists, with Lutherans, with Episcopalians, with Roman Catholics. Human history, and indeed the Holy Spirit, has led us to these different expressions of Christian community. But make no mistake, we are all part of the same church. And this carries with it the biblical responsibility to love and support our fellow Christian churches, both across the street and around the world. We're going to jump into a discussion here on the sacraments to be perfectly Frank, uh, I should have made this a whole separate discussion, but um, for our purposes, we're going to give it a little time here. So at Rosewood Church, we hold to our Wesleyan tradition uh, and understanding of the sacraments. We consider there to be two sacraments given to us in Scripture, that of baptism and of Holy Communion. Now, I'm not going to read the entire confessional statements for those um, statements. Let me just share a couple of the highlights with you. Baptism and Holy Communion are special activities within the church because they share some specific characteristics. Both are given to the church as instruction by Jesus. He instructs us to baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And during the last meal that he shared with his disciples, Jesus told them to do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We believe they are both means of grace that God uses to grow us, strengthen us, confirm our faith. We believe the power of God is present and reliable each and every time we come to baptize or come to the communion table. Baptism is our sacrament of initiation into the church. Holy Communion is the church's sacrament of continued union with Jesus. The baptismal waters signify our inner cleansing from sin, and they give us the mark of a disciple. 
Holy Communion joins the believer in spirit with Jesus and in union with each other, as all partake of the same body and blood represented by the, bl- the bread and the juice. Importantly, these activities are extensions of the ministry of the church. Neither scripture nor Christian tradition suggests that they are anything other than for the building of the body of Christ. Therefore, we understand these sacramental activities to be appropriately attended to by those set aside as clergy of the church, administering the sacraments for the congregation on behalf of the church. So the confession, now kind of jumping back to to the nature of church, it goes on to call the church a redemptive fellowship. And it elaborates on this in the last sentence, which says that the church exists for the maintenance of worship, the edification of all believers, and the redemption of the world. To put it plainly, we get together to worship. We get together so that we can grow in our knowledge of Christ, grow in the nature of Christ, and we are there to live out that great commission that Jesus gave us to go and to make disciples. Worship, the building of believers, the redemption of the world. I said earlier that I believe the church in America is in a state of crisis, and this kind of gets to that point. St. Cyprian said, No one can have God for his father who does not have the church for his mother. But friends, in America, we're often trying to have Christ without the church. According to Pew Research right now, about one-third of professing Christians in America do not attend regular worship at, at least even once a month. The percentage of Americans who identify as Christian has shrunk from 75 to 63 in the past decade. 47% of Americans are not members of a church or religious community. So we can take those last two um, and put them up against each other. You have 63% identify as Christian, 47% of Americans don't call themselves members of a church. Many Christians who have stopped attending worship during COVID simply never went back to church, never went back to the church they were a part of. Now, this is a complex situation. There are lots of contributing factors, but if you take all these data points together, we can say that we have a church problem. Christianity has been always a corporate community religion from the day that it was founded there in the story in Acts 2. Yes, it is an individual's choice to make Jesus the Lord of their life, but he gave us the church to live out the life he's called us into. The church is formed to build a kingdom on earth. It's not enough for a king's subjects to obey him. He also expects those subjects to live in unity with each other. 
or if you'll forgive me a football analogy in this playoff season, I can call myself a football player. I can own a ball and a helmet and pads. I can know all the plays, but if I am not part of a team, if I never commit to being a part of one, what am I really doing? Christianity is a team sport and the church is the team. If the purpose of the church is to maintain worship, edify believers, and lead the world to redemption, what happens if a large percentage of Christians simply decide to go it alone? These are all activities that take place in the context of community. What happens when they decide to divorce their faith from the church of Jesus Christ? We see the result all the time. We have Christians who can't stand other Christians because they do not decide to live in community with each other. We have Christians that cannot articulate what they believe and why. We have churches, not to put it all on the Christians, we have churches that can't explain why the church is important in the life of a believer. I believe one of the most timely and critical ministries of our day is the reconnection of Christians with the church in America. The church needs Christians, and Christians need the church. One is defined in its allegiance and love for the other. For all of us who have Christian friends who have, for whatever reason, stopped going to church, stopped participating in the life of Christian community, let's be encouragers. Church matters. Church is where strangers become brothers and sisters. Church is where we learn the ways of Jesus, not because we always love each other perfectly, but precisely because we don't. We learn to give and receive grace and forgiveness. We entwine our lives with people that we wouldn't know otherwise apart from our shared fealty to Jesus Christ. And together we become transformed so that we can bring the transformational love of Jesus into the world. Let's close with a prayer. God, help our church body and your church worldwide to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have given us. Help us in all our interactions with one another to have humble and gentle hearts. Grant us patience for one another, bearing with one another in love. Grant the body of Christ unity. May we walk humbly with you, God, allowing you to show us our wrongs. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So take us